0: Pete leads a church at Springs in Gornal, a church plant. Pete's doing a great work there at uh, Springs Church and um, just really blessing the community there. So, to um, welcome him this morning. Thanks very much. Cheers, Joe. Good morning, Church at Junction 10. It's good to see you, good to be here with you, you nutters, having a guest speaker on Easter Sunday. What's all that about. Oh, wow. Well, do you know what? It's an absolute privilege to be here. Last time I was on this stage was at Christmas doing an assembly for Grace Academy. And, uh, and it's oh, extra weird because I actually taught here for three years um, at RE and philosophy. Where's Grace at? She was an amazing student. There she is. And uh, yeah, so it's, um, it's an all-round blessing being here this morning, uh, for me anyway. I hope you get something out of it. And, um, and so, yeah, so Rachel, my wife Rachel, uh, grew up at Junction 10. And, uh, and I stole her and took her to the heights of Gornal. Have we got any Gawna lights in? Yes, that'll do, that'll do. And um, and so, yeah, so do you know what? This Tuesday is our seventh birthday as a church. Unbelievable. And um, in those early days... In those early days, the pastors of this church were so encouraging, so encouraging to us um, as we started that work in Gornal. And uh, I'd like to report that the church is growing, it's healthy, God is good, people are getting saved, uh, people in the community are hearing about the Jesus that we believe is risen, Amen? amen? Come on now. Now, I know that the Church of Junction 10 is the kind of church that is enthusiastic about their God, am I right? Okay, so as I preach this morning, can you help this teacher be a preacher? Is that okay? So if you hear something from Scripture that your heart just chimes with, would you let out a little amen for me? Or a big amen or whatever. And uh, you know, it's Easter Sunday. If we can't shout some praise like that song said... On Easter Sunday, who the heck are we? Can we just stand to our feet for a sec? And I'm going to count us down, three, two, one, and we're going to give the biggest round of applause, a cheer out to our God, our Saviour Jesus, who died and rose again. Can we do that today? Are you ready? Can't, oh no, you're not one of those reserved British churches, are you? Come on now, let's praise Him this morning. Three, two one thank you Lord Jesus we praise you Lord for all you've done for all you're yet to do for your death for your resurrection God we praise your holy name blessed be to the name of the Lord amen 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 What do you high five someone next to you and say it's good to be in church with you today <laughs> oh wow I'm a bit excited Hey church, did you know that the resurrection came as a bit of a surprise to the disciples that morning? Anybody read that story before? It came as a surprise to those disciples and uh, I want to encourage you that God's going to surprise you today. God's going to surprise you today. This might be your first time to Junction 10 Church. You've made a great decision to be here today. These are good people who love a good God. You are found in a good place today. God might just surprise you with joy. God might just surprise you. You might surprise yourself that you find yourself believing in God and you weren't planning on that. We had a guy come to church four weeks ago who'd come to church because his wife was a Christian and the marriage was on the rocks and he wanted to try and do something to try and help the marriage. Anyway, he came to church, this atheist lad, and he had tears rolling down his eyes at the end of the service. He had no idea that he would feel something of the presence of God that morning. This Sunday will be his fifth week in church. Last week he made a decision to follow Jesus. You might just be surprised by what God wants to say and do. The disciples are certainly surprised that Easter morning. But I've got to ask the question, what the heck were they expecting? My goodness me. The Old Testament is littered with promises about the Messiah who would come, who would die, but then who would be raised to life. Amen. And then they've spent three years... Going around with Jesus, watching him heal and watching him save and turn, watching him kick demons out of people's lives, people, my goodness. What were they expecting? Do you know, Jesus didn't just one time tell them he was going to die and come back to life. Not just twice, but at least three times in Matthew's Gospel alone. He said, I'm going to die. The Son of Man must be lifted up and given up. But then I'll rise again on the which day? Third day. On the third day I'll rise again. What church were they expecting? What were you expecting when you first came to Jesus? What are you expecting when you walk into church this morning? (laughs) Can I encourage you first of all, if the disciples who walked with Jesus for three years didn't completely get all of the scriptures and they were with him in the flesh for three years, there's hope for us. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Anyone ever bamboozled by the scriptures? Anyone ever read the scriptures and suddenly have a revelation? If they didn't completely get it, you know, we're in good company. Let's stay on that journey. Encouragement number two. To know the Scriptures, everyone, is to come close to the heart and the character and the plans and the purposes of God. I know it can get tough reading your Word, reading the Bible, but I promise you, you will encounter God in those pages. Have you ever heard the phrase, you think you're reading the Bible, but in fact the Bible is reading you? It's so very true. It's so very true. So very true. Let's be honest in church this morning. For the disciples, things hit the fan on Good Friday, did they not? Now let's be honest today. When the things of life hit the proverbial fan and life is thrown up into the air, we soon forget what the Scriptures say, do we not? We soon forget the goodness of God, the mercy of God. We forget His plans and His promises, don't we? That's often a first thing that tends to happen with us you know in the madness of the moments that we find ourselves in our vision our faith eyes are obscured from all that god has. Are you with me this morning? That's happened in my life. Present grief in the moment can so easily cloud past goodness and the prophetic goodness of god. It can take a little while for the fuzz of our circumstances to clear so that we can see clearly again who our God is, where he's leading us and the promises that are still to be fulfilled. Let's read uh, the uh, the account from John's Gospel of Easter Sunday morning, John 20. Well done, Zach, We nailed it. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved. And said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Do you know, like, how cheeky is John? Like, he gets to write this gospel, but he just wants everyone to know for all time. I was the fastest that morning. I was the fastest that morning. Not the most devoted, though, mate. Mary Magdalene was already there, wasn't she? He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head, and the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, uh, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still didn't understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. How many times do you want to hear it, lads? Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, "'Woman, why are you crying?' "'They've taken my Lord away,' she said, "'and I don't know where they've put him.'" Go on, Zach. "'At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, "'but she did not realise that it was Jesus.'" He asked a woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around. <laughs> she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that, uh, that these things, uh, and she told them that these things had happened to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What a fantastic portion of scripture, hey? The stone had been rolled away, not to reveal death, but to reveal what? Life. As the stone rolled away, the morning light shone into that dark tomb and exposed what had really happened. Jesus was raised to life. The stone rolled away means that there is power to save, amen? The stone rolled away means that death is not the end. Anyone happy about that? The stone rolled away announces a new day. And still we say to the disciples, come on guys, what were you expecting? I reckon if Mary was on stage and we were asking Mary this morning, hey, what were you expecting, Mary? Maybe she'd say, do you know I wasn't expecting to see that heavy stone rolled away when I got there. I wasn't expecting to see an empty tomb, that's for sure. I wasn't expecting to be left at the tomb by the lads, only to be confronted by two angels. I wasn't expecting to hear the voice of my Saviour and see him standing right there. Wow. And what about you, Peter? What were you expecting as John took over you and got there first, but then was too knackered to go in the tomb? (laughs) What about you, Peter? I wasn't expecting to be startled and woken up by Mary like that. I wasn't expecting the shock of Jesus' body not being where I thought it was meant to be. I wasn't expecting a race with John across Jerusalem, that's for sure. I wasn't expecting John to make a big deal of this in his gospel. I wasn't expecting to walk into a place that was reserved for death and all I find is no evidence of death. I wasn't expecting Mary to burst in and tell us all that she'd seen Jesus. I, wasn't, I certainly wasn't expecting Jesus to appear out of nowhere in the middle of us, scare the living daylights out and then say, ah, peace be with you. <laughs> what were you expecting? You know the prophecies, you know the scriptures. What were you expecting? Church, what are you expecting of your Messiah? His promises are true. Did you know that? Do you know, the same Peter who was shocked that morning and delighted by the risen Jesus, just 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, he says this, next screen, Zach. It says, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you and through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Do you know what David said about it? Do you remember King David? Not just a king, but also a prophet. He said this in the Psalms, "'I saw the Lord always before me "'because he is at my right hand. "'I will not be shaken.'" Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body, all of our bodies, they'll rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One, David's talking about the Messiah to come. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known the paths of life to me. You will fill me with joy in your presence. In your presence this morning, God, we say, bring your joy to us. Let the people be surprised. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and he was definitely buried. His tomb's there to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we, anyone in the room today, We are witnesses to it. We've never seen him flesh and bone, but you know him. You've never seen him, but you you love him. Oh, come on now. Can I ask today, church, What are you expecting? Are you accepting with only what your eyes can see of the present circumstance? Or are you holding on to the plans and the promises of God? Why? Because he is risen, we can expect Jesus to A, turn up. B, to turn situations around, to roll stones away, to breathe his life into ours. We can expect him to appear in the midst of the hurt and the confusion. We can expect him to turn up and make sense of Scripture and invite us into deep revelation that sets us up for strength to strength, for hope to hope, to glory to glory. Are you excited about your Saviour this morning? Oh man, his promises are true. Doesn't Isaiah say... God's word never returns empty. Always accomplishes what it was set out to do. He never fails. He never fails. Carrying on, John chapter 20, a little later, verse 24. It says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus. I like to think he was tiny. <laughs> I reckon Didymus was short for Diddy Thomas. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, "Mate, we've seen the Lord." But he said to them, "Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the side where the nail uh, uh, fingers in the side where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I'll not believe." A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Isn't that beautiful? Jesus wasn't going to let Thomas miss out, was he? And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and sit my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, listen, mate, because you've seen me, you've believed. But blessed are those, hello? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed you have believed because you've seen me, Thomas. But I'll tell you something. There's a church in Warsaw called the Church of Junction 10 that is even more blessed than that because they have believed, though they have never seen me. Oh, man. You might not realise that you are blessed by God today, but I promise you that when you step into relationship with God, the blessing of God will flow into your life. What does that mean, Pete? Will I suddenly have like a million pound on a bank account? Maybe, probably not. Does it mean that I'll get that castle? Maybe, probably not. But what it will mean is that rivers of living water will come upon you and flow from the inside out and you will know from that moment until your dying day and for your eternal life that God is with you and for you and never against you. Is that good news today? Thomas, mate, what were you expecting then? Well, actually nothing because I didn't even bother showing up. I was a week late. You know, I wasn't expecting actually to be confronted by the reality of my risen Saviour. I wasn't expecting, and I think this is incredible. I reckon he'd like say, I wasn't expecting to see scars. If he's going to be risen and glorified, why would he bother having scars? But, so I wasn't expecting scars, you know. But more than that, I wasn't expected, I wasn't expecting to be invited into the story of his scars don't you think it's amazing that Jesus now and forever carries the scars of Good Friday he's the risen saviour his wounds are healed yet he carries the scars of Good Friday isn't it true that scars tell a story I've got a mashed up end of my nose and a little scar under there hidden by my little tash here of a four-year-old boy who went over the handlebars trying to be like all the big kids in the street. My scar tells a story. It's not an impressive story. Our scars tell a story. You're carrying scars today. I'm carrying scars today. Some of them are physical. Some of them are emotional. Some of them are mental. Some of them are spiritual. We all carry scars. But can I encourage you today, though you may be scarred, they tell a story of a battle once overcome. Do you hear me this morning, church? Now, if it's an open wound, there's no healing there. But if you're carrying a scar today and you've moved on from something that held you back, can I encourage you that it's a testimony of a battle that once took place that the Lord has brought you through. Isn't that good? The scars that Jesus carried tell an amazing story of a battle over death, a victory over sin that has been won. They were no longer wounds, they were scars. And he proudly carries them to this day. The scars of Jesus, they tell an eternal story. You know, when we see him face to face, did you know he's coming back, by the way? When we see him face to face, right, we're going to see the nail scars of his hands. We're going to see the scars in his feet. We'll see the scars in his side. We'll even see the scars from the crown of thorns. What I find interesting about scars is that some scars fade, Some scars remain. What fades when we come to Jesus? What fades when we come to Jesus? I'll tell you what. The pain of the separation from God fades when we come to Jesus. Is that good news today? Sin no longer stains the soul of those who receive the mercy and the grace of God. The sin is taken away. Hopelessness fades as we hold fast to Jesus, the anchor of our souls. Wow. Wow. But then there's the scars of Jesus on his body that will never fade. Can I encourage you today as we come into land, your salvation is as personal to Jesus as the scars that he wears. His love for you and for this world is seen every time he stretches out his hands towards you. The reality of him walking close to you at every single moment of your life is as true as the scars in his feet that walk alongside you. His sovereignty over all things is as true. As the scars of that crown of thorns on this resurrection morning. Are you surprised by your Lord? Isn't he good? Isn't he gracious? Isn't he powerful? Isn't he good? So, church, what are you expecting? I reckon we can echo this in our hearts. We will, everyone say, we will. We will, we will see the goodness of our God in the land of the dead. No. <laughs> Come on, you know your Bibles. We will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You come to Jesus, your eternal life is the land of the living, amen. amen. Romans 6 verse 4 says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit of him Come on now. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Is that good news today? Come on, let's bow our heads and say a salvation prayer together. I'm going to say a prayer. I'd love you to say the words after me. If you're in church today and you're like, I need this Jesus in my life, why don't you pray this prayer in the depths of your soul, not just with your mouth. Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. As I ask you forgiveness, you wash my life clean, clean of sin and free from death. In this moment, in this resurrection day, I ask you into my life, come be my Lord, come save me, lead me by your Holy Spirit from this day on in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, what well, heads are bowed. If you prayed that prayer, not just with your lips, but deep in your soul and you meant it with everything you've got, would you just look up at me this morning? Would you just look at me, God bless you, man. God bless you guys. Anybody else this morning? bless you. Anybody else today? God bless you. Father, I thank you, Father, for response to the gospel. I thank you, God, for yet more people uh, that have come to know your grace and your goodness this day. You never fail, Lord. You've done it again. Bless your holy name. Come on, let's give Jesus a round of applause this morning. We love you, Father. God bless you.